Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 130 of the Speaking Club podcast. I know that organisation is not a strong point of mine, which is why I value people with those skills on my team. But top tip, make sure you hire two, otherwise they never get birthday cards. I started this podcast for two reasons, because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking, and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Well, hey there. I hope you and your loved ones are safe and well. I went back to climbing for the first time. And you know what? It was like I'd never left because I'm still hopeless. Well, actually, I ache more. That's the difference. Okay, so I have another great guest for you today, Debbie Bell from Zia Beer. Now, Zia Beer have developed a big reputation for delivering amazing events for their clients. Now, we recorded this at the beginning of March, just as Corona was hitting. So if it sounds like we're underplaying the impact... That's because we didn't know at that stage how big it was going to be. On this interview, alongside me getting the inside track from an event organizer's perspective on booking and evaluating speakers, I know that many of you will also run events. So I thought it would be cool to get an expert view on how to make them successful, which is a good segue for me, actually, to tell you about an event which I'm putting on for you If you're a speaker, author, consultant, entrepreneur or podcaster and you want to build your brand and authority through either being a guest on a podcast or doing great interviews on your own show. Now, as you know, I've been doing the speaking club since 2017 and the show is now in 160 countries with fantastic downloads. And I've got some great tips to share with you, including how to approach podcast hosts so that you can maximize your chances of getting interviewed the tip for creating a win-win situation that builds your authority and makes the host fall in love with you, I should know, Uh, the critical assets you need to grow your audience and position yourself for success, how to leverage guest interviews for maximum traction and traffic, tips for sourcing great podcast guests, how to approach potential podcast guests so they say yes, and lots more. This is going to be a live workshop on Wednesday the 19th of August and until the 10th of August, there's an early bird price of $47. And after that, it's going to go up to $97. So if you're interested in joining me for that, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash interview to book your space. So that's saraharcher.co.uk slash interview to book your space. Okay, without further ado, let's start the interview with Debbie Bell from Zia Beer. Welcome to the Speaking Club podcast, Debbie Bell from Zia Beer. Good morning, Sarah, and thanks very much for inviting me along today. Oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to this, as I do always to all the interviews I do, but um, events, it's really cool. So tell me why you guys set up Zia Beer. Let's have a bit of the history of it. Um, so we set up Zia Beer in, back in 2012. Um, so we've been going for eight years now, myself and my business partner, Vicky. And actually, we, were, we met and worked in another agency. Um, and although we loved what we did and where we were working, it got to a point where they'd been bought out by another company and it all became about 
um, finances. Um. So that they lost the essence of what it was about for us, about delivering great events with a personal service. So that's why we then decided, actually, let's do this. We can do this. We don't want to make the most money in the world. We want to deliver fantastic events that mean everything to us and to our clients and that we can put everything into with a passion. And so that's why we did it. We set up our own company and here we are eight years later. Brilliant. And how was that? Was it hard? Well, you know, the journey's been really good, actually, and we've learned a lot along the way. I think in the early days, people said, oh, you're very brave. And actually, we didn't really think about it like that. We'd got a plan. We decided we were going to do it. We were both um, from a hotel background, so service industry anyway. So if things didn't work out, we figured we could go and get a bar job or work in a restaurant. And what had we got to lose? And actually... It really paid off because everybody said, you're really brave. And it was only when people said, you're really brave, that I started to analyse what we were doing. But yeah. most of the time we were just, let's do this. We can do it. We we know we're good at delivering great events and that's what we do. Well, clearly for you guys, it was about your passion and service rather than the money. Do you think that if it had been more about the money for you guys, it would have been a different journey? I I think... That absolutely it would have been because, you know, what we wanted to do, our passion is events, definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. And delivering events for clients who, you know, we've got some really long-standing clients and we've worked with them for years and years and those clients then also become friends. So our industry, we don't sell, we don't sell a product, we sell a service and it's all about relationships and you can only deliver great events if you've got great relationships and you get great relationships by having the passion and investing in that relationship cool cool because some people haven't got the patience they want gravy to you know tomorrow (laughs) I think it's not like that is it in business it's it's about cultivating those things and it's a long-term thing that you need to be investing in yeah, absolutely it is. It is a long-term thing. You know, relationships don't build overnight and people need to trust you and trust in the service that you offer and deliver. Brilliant, cool. So based on your experience, what do you think actually does make the difference between a successful event and, and a rubbish one? Because I'm sure I've been to some rubbish ones. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, there are some rubbish events out there, but there's also some brilliant events. And to be honest with you, it doesn't have to be the largest budget or the biggest wow. It's about it's about the delegate journey and it's about making people feel valued and ensuring the space in the agenda for them, for time for networking, for voices to be heard and for attention to detail. You know, the little touches that people would never notice are what make the difference but they'd notice them if they weren't there yeah so it's not being able to put your finger on what it actually is it's just about people knowing that you've gone that extra mile they might not know that you've gone that extra mile to make that event the best event it could possibly be but it would be noticed if it wasn't there it's also the content and the messages which are key if it's a free event to attend you know people need to know that they're going for a reason it's not just about getting free food and drinks it's to make sure that they actually show up it's giving them something to take away as well yeah because I suppose in some senses 
you know, an event is a big investment of time. It, a live event costs you a lot, not only, you know, in that time to be there, but to get there, there's costs. So I suppose there's a lot more uh, investment in, in that, in terms of delegates and what they expect back. Has that, has the, is the sort of online um, sort of world and the way that's grown up and blown up, has that affected live events, do you think? I think there is great technology out there and there's great opportunity to do stuff online. I think to some extent it has, but then also to some extent it enhances events because people know the importance of face-to-face. You know, so as great as an online tool is in between times, you still need to get teams together because to, you know, to try and get 100 people together interacting even if it's online, they're not going to interact in the same way as they would if they were in the same room. Yeah, yeah. And I think you're right. It's all about that experience, isn't it? For sure. Okay, now this podcast is for people who want to speak professionally or to grow their brand or business. And quite a few people listening, um, myself included, may well run their own events. So I wondered if, first of all, if you've got any tips on marketing an event to get people there because that's the first that's one of the hardest things isn't actually getting them in the room it is and I suppose my my thoughts and tips on this are from a a a logistics point of view so this is what we specialize in events logistics the things that you need to be organized about so from a marketing perspective it's about making sure that you've got consistent messaging you know from the initial initial save the date right through to the event it needs to be consistent because if it's not then you're sending out the wrong messages and you're not going to attract people to your event Mm -hmm. so that's a big thing for me also give enough people giving people enough time you know if you're going to organize an event send out a save the date in enough time don't expect people to turn up within three weeks you know you need to give people time to plan get it in people's diary if you're not ready to send an invite get a save the date out there and at least get something in people's diaries and the other thing alongside that is to avoid holiday times or give yourself extra time to avoid holiday times if you if you're planning an event in September generally people are are out of the business of July August time or more people are because it's holiday time so start your planning earlier to make sure you're factoring that in I'm with you and so can you give me an example when you say messages being consistent can you give me an example of perhaps one that is consistent and an example of one where it wouldn't be so people can sort of get that? I, su- I suppose what would be a good example of that is um, maybe an event identity. So, mm-hmm. for instance, say you have a strap line for an event. For instance, we make events happen. Say that was a strap line. We make yeah. events happen. You need to be consistent with that same message all the way through. If you get an event logo designed with we make events happen halfway through the process, then you're not being consistent. You need to be ready to go at the start of the process to see it develop all the way through. I'm with you. So it's all in the pre- in the preparation. You've got to always. get that plan in place. And that's what you guys are super, super good at isn't it <laughs> absolutely it's all about the planning and the attention to detail well because you guys have built like a reputation for running you know some of the smoothest events going and I and so I wanted to get your top tips on how you do that too how do you make sure that happens 
And um, so funnily enough, actually, we've just written a guide, our top tips and hints to a successful event, um, because we do get asked this quite a lot, you know, and obviously we make events happen all the time. Um, so sort of just to give you an example of a few things that could work really well. One of the big things is event goals. So start with your why and with the end in mind. What does the event, what does the end result look like? What ROI are you looking to achieve from the event? Mm-hmm. Because not everybody thinks about things like that. So it's just mm-hmm. having that as your starting point to know what your end looks like. And then that can help with the event planning. Cool. Okay. And then, so when, how do you manage that delegate experience then from your side? Um, so when we work with clients, we'll get a client brief in for an event. Sometimes they know where they want to go from a location point of view. It can be anywhere in the UK, in in Europe, sometimes globally. Um, but most people would have an idea of budget and maybe where they want to go. But what they don't necessarily know is what the content of the meeting is going to be mm-hmm. and what the message is and what they actually want to achieve from getting people together you know so it may well be there's an internal message to deliver but it's just identifying that and making sure that nobody loses sight of that through the whole event process cool and how does things like I mean you get involved in all of the from the time they well before they come in until they leave the whole event is under your control is that right um well we work differently for different clients but absolutely um we will help with the whole project management of an event so anything from the start of the process could be getting in the brief looking for the right venue so obviously a lot of work goes into that like I said it could be UK Europe depends on the numbers depends on if it needs to be an exclusive use venue we've just organize an event in Warsaw recently and it was residential and we had exclusive use of an event in the outside of of a venue at the outside of Warsaw and it worked perfectly because it was great for that client you know they had a big message to deliver they'd had a big structure internally so they had exclusive use of the venue and it worked perfectly. Do you if 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 someone was listening to this they were like okay what I get an idea of, of what I should be doing, but what are like the big mistakes that you see people make in event management? I, I think the biggest thing that makes an event be successful is the detail and the planning that goes into it. So it's planned for all eventualities. You can have a lot of contingencies in place mm-hmm. and things do go wrong, but if you don't plan for them and at least have a backup option of things, then, mm-hmm. you know, that, that can help in the downfall of an event, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know? what, what sort of things do you see going wrong most often? Uh, it can be anything. We did an event um, a couple of years ago where we were bringing in a lot of entertainment and the lift was broken. Um, so the lift from the loading bay in the hotel, which is in the centre of London, had broken to the um, big hotel ballroom that we were using. Um, so we had built-in contingency of time so we'd got the team in earlier so although the work lift wasn't working we managed to get the guys in lift got repaired we still got everything in in time because we'd built in that contingency time uh-huh. which is great I mean you, we couldn't have seen that was going to happen but obviously we get everybody in as early as possible to try and avoid things like that gosh so make sure yeah. so one of the big things is make sure that you've got 
the, you know enough lead time to fix mistakes basically if they happen or things you know were unexpected exactly that or for instance have enough people on your team to have capacity so if somebody was ill that you would have capacity within the team to give additional roles to other people if somebody was ill then you'd be able to accommodate that that space that was going to be lost if that makes sense yeah cool and how much do you guys get involved in guiding the companies that you work with to finding things like um the ROI and the outcome do they always have a clear idea or do you have to steer them sometimes um it depends really every client's ever so different and as you you know we start to touch on a little while ago we can help and we do help clients from full project management to venue find to content and creative. We work with some really great partners to deliver that, team building, um, entertainment, you know, yeah. and a lot of the clients that we work with have have an idea of what they want to achieve, but they don't necessarily know how to achieve it. And as I said, um, we then would work you know, we work on logistics, we might work with a partner that's a creative agency that can help bring the client's message to life, if that makes sense. I'm with you. And and that's, so we you know, touched on this, as part of the service that you offer, you organise event speakers and entertainers. Can you take me a little bit behind the scenes as to how that process works from the, you know, from the sort of brief you get from the client right through to selecting the speaker? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, we can either get the brief at the very start of an event, um, you know, start of a proposal, if you like. So where a client comes to us and says, we want to organise this event in this location or this area. And as part of that, we want a headline speaker, for instance. Um, or it may well be as an event develops further down the line, they suddenly go, oh, actually, we want a headline speaker for this event. So it's different every time, to be honest with you. But I guess some of the key things that happen as part of that is you know, the client then decides whether they want it for the plenary session, whether it's they need a headline name to attract attendees, whether they need somebody like a host or a compare to host awards, because obviously that sometimes happens within an event, you know, and it, we've, we've been involved in in events where we've had headline speakers. We did an event last year where Tim Peake was a headline speaker, wow. went brilliantly well. Um, two comedians or a compare could be somebody within the client's own industry. You know, so briefs are very, very different. The biggest thing is establishing, I guess, what the budget is, mm-hmm. what they want to achieve from that person being a speaker. Is it a motivational speaker? Is it an on-trend topic such as mental well-being you know we would always ask for a bio a showreel where possible um examples of work testimonials because things like that would always always help a Mm. client make a decision on the right person for their event because they're investing in somebody to come and speak to their audience and do you what sort of budgets are you seeing for speakers these days because uk versus america it, we have a reputation for being quite low paid for our speakers compared to the states. I don't, I don't know about Europe, but what, what's your view on that? Oh gosh, um, I mean, budgets can vary from five hundred pounds to twenty thousand pounds. You know, it really depends on the client and how much budget they have for the event or 
what percentage of the budget they'd be willing to invest in that part of their overall event. Mm-hmm. And how how big a part of the event do you success do you think the speakers you know you know add to it? Is is it a big part? I think absolutely. And it depends where that person is on the agenda. But a speaker can make or break an event. It genuinely can. We've seen a client, um, an annual annual event we've worked on for a few years now. And two years in a row, the client used the same speaker. Year one, a very well-known person. The year first year, worked really well um the venue wasn't his sort of environment and he was from rugby you know the event took place at Twickenham Stadium it worked really well it fitted and the same speaker was used a year later different venue his message was rewritten to fit the client's brief and it didn't work as well as it had the year before you know and it's just things things like that that make a big difference because then people remember that event. And I know if I'd have been in the audience year one and year two, I would have certainly noticed. And there were people that attended both mm. years of the event. And it's just, it looks then there's not enough thought gone into the event. Does that mm. make sense? Yeah. So what do you think, what, what were the reason you think that failed? Just because things, the context was wrong for that person or they had to shoehorn him into the message? Yeah, I don't necessarily know. It, I don't know if necessarily failed, but less successful maybe would a good way to describe it. But absolutely, because the message was shoehorned, and I don't necessarily think that they achieved as much as what they would have liked to have achieved. Cool. And do you source speakers directly, or do you use agencies, or a combination? A combination. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is with it, I suppose, like I've already said, it's about having as much information as possible that we can then share with our clients. And I, I think some of the other things that are key to remember from an organisational point of view is we would always make sure there's enough time on site for full rehearsals, sound checks, you know, familiarisation mm. to meet the client, both on site and beforehand, actually a big part of us involving a speaker you know once they have joined the team if you like for the delivery of that event a big part of it would be to make sure that there's client briefings in place the client's comfortable so the speaker's comfortable so the speaker's got an idea of what the client's looking to achieve you know it's all very well being engaged by a third party but they need to speak to one another you know everybody wants to know what the end result is and the speaker needs to be part of that process yeah absolutely gosh and in terms of and this is a silly question potentially but uh, or a detailed question but uh, people may want to know so in terms of how do the payment arrangements work with the speaker do you do are they paid at the end do they split the fee does it vary again um, so in terms of payment, generally, people would expect people to ask for 100% in advance. And um, to be honest with you, any event that we would be involved in, our uh, payment would be discussed at the time of booking. And generally, it's, it's prepayment in advance. There will be expenses that are covered afterwards. Yes, I'm with you. Yeah. And how much, I mean, I'm just curious because we're talking about this now. How much, uh, I've got another speaker question, but how much do you think this coronavirus is going to make? I, I think already it's a big, a big hit on the events industry. There are 
other options for online tools. So at least if there are events planned, that there are there's possibility for online events to take place. Yeah, so of course. There are, there are tools out there at the moment. You've just got to be creative to work around it. Absolutely got to be creative to work around it and do the best for clients. I mean, the best thing is not to be cancelling anything. It's postponing. We found out that venues are obviously trying to support as much as possible, but it's a big impact on the events industry as it is for anybody at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. So um, back to speakers. Now, you must have seen a lot of speakers in your time Um, from an event management and an audience perspective. In your opinion, what makes a good speaker? I think what makes a good speaker is to talk to the audience. Now, I know that sounds obvious, um, but it's just making sure that you're engaging. There's nothing worse than death by PowerPoint. I always bring personal experience into it. That's what people, people love a story. People like to see people that have been on a journey. I know it's a bit obvious but it's true they really do you know people buy people and it's all about building that relationship so you're always building a relationship with an audience yeah yeah but what sort of some of the feedback that you've had for like bad speakers or good speakers from delegates that you might have heard we did an event not so long ago and they had an industry speaker um but they had the industry speaker on the second day of the event after an awards dinner um and there'd been a lot of people up late so (laughs) they were it was you know it's about thinking where in the agenda a speaker is going to appear so not necessarily on the last day of an event where people have been at an awards dinner and celebrating wins till three four five in the morning is not necessarily the best investment of time and money for that speaker to come in because how engaged is the audience going to be yeah so that would anyone could have had trouble then presumably I think anybody would have had trouble (laughs) presumably yes oh good listen thank you for sharing all of that stuff I'm going to ask you um, where people can find out more about Zia Beer and getting you guys in to help make an event happen Um, but in the meantime I've got some standard questions now Debbie do you do any speaking yourself I don't do any speaking myself at the moment no absolutely not (laughs) Ah, so so I I don't know uh, there's a couple of questions I have about speaking which which probably won't be relevant but I'm going to ask you the other one so What's the book that's had most impact on your life and why? Good question. It can be fiction or non-fiction. I've just read Becoming, well, actually listened on audiobook um, by Michelle Obama. Oh, yeah. And actually, what an inspirational lady. I figured that, you know, it was a surprise. Somebody told me to listen to it or read it figured I'd give it a go and actually I've always been quite impressed with the Obamas thought they were great role models and the book was just because I listened to it and she was narrating it was just lovely to listen to her bringing her story to life and how she'd found her way in the White House you know obviously she was there as a first lady so she was there not really, it wasn't really her choice. You know, yeah. it was her husband's choice. She supported him. But actually, she made some really great stuff happen. 
from that. So that was a really good book that I've listened to recently that actually mm. has made me think a lot. And yeah, lots of people have uh, have raved about that book. I haven't read it yet. I'll put a link in the show notes to that so people yeah, can check it out. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Excellent. So what's the best bit of business advice you've had and why? Um, the best bit of business advice is actually for us was about getting a coach and believing ourselves our coach has told us that the difference to from getting from there to excellence and excellence to perfection is the same and as much as we want to be perfect sometimes excellence is good enough excellence is a great thing in events we can't always be perfect oh that's a good that's a good tip yeah okay cool last question then if you could have a mentor and they can be alive or dead, fictional or non-fictional, who would you choose and why? If I could have a mentor, who would it be? I was interviewed a couple of years ago about International Women's Day and somebody that really impresses me um, that I talked about in that interview is J.K. Rowling. What an amazing lady, rich lady now. But, um, you know, she went, worked really hard to get to where she wanted to be. She believed in what she was doing. You know, I've read the stories about her sitting in a cafe, writing, 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 and look at where she's got to. But she seems a genuinely nice person. Mm -hmm. And I would think she would be a great person to know and a great person to learn from brilliant smashing that's great great choices well thank you so much for coming on the show and for sharing the tips for events and keeping them happening successfully and also the speakers i think people will get a lot of value for that so where can people find out more about zia beer and what you guys do and how they can get you involved to help them um so feel free to visit our website which is www.ziabia.com which is z-i-a-b-i-a um and we've got lots of information on there about how to contact us at the team um a big part of what we do is ziabia and ziabia's team so we've got videos about each of the individual team members on there so you can get to know us a little bit obviously it's all about relationships and events so we thought that was really important so also we've got videos on there from a couple of events that we've delivered so you can get an idea of some of the types of events that we've been involved in and interviews with some of our clients where they've given some testimonials and feedbacks on the service that we offer um so yeah and then also um, lots of case studies about the types of events that you know we've we've been involved in. We've worked from anywhere in such as Westminster Abbey. We did an intimate event for thirty people round table for a couple of days to the Royal Crescent in Bath, which is an outside event um, where we worked with Special Olympics Great Britain and delivered their opening ceremony Brilliant. back in twenty thirteen, which is outside for eight thousand people. So Gosh. yes. A real range. A real range, yeah. a real range absolutely. And one thing I haven't asked you here, I think I might have asked you before, was what, what does the name mean, Zia Beer? It actually doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean anything. We do joke about it and say Vicky Zia and I'm Beer, but that's <laughs> not where it came from. Um, but it's always a great talking point. People generally ask us where the name come from and are quite interested. We wanted something that was memorable, didn't mm. necessarily say what we did. Was 
created a talking point, which it absolutely does. And also it always usually appears at the end of the alphabet. We were in, we attended an awards ceremony a couple of weeks ago as we were finalists for an award at an industry event for us, which we were really proud of, um, for an agency with less than 40 employees. And we were the last two attendees listed. They had a guest directory and Vicky and I were the last attendees in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Excellent. And are you guys on social media at all? We absolutely are on social media. So yeah, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and obviously we're on LinkedIn too. So please feel free to connect. And that's at Zia Beer, presumably for all of those. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Debbie. Good luck with all the events you've got coming up. And thanks again for sharing uh, with us today these valuable tips and uh, insights. That's great. Thanks so much, Sarah. It's been a pleasure. Wow, the passion that Debbie and her company have for events just shines through. And it's really proof, I think, that if you're doing what you love, it doesn't seem like work. Lots of food for thought there about what you need to be doing to maximise your chances of getting booked. And there is another episode I've done on this, which is number 90, which will also point you in the right direction here. Do go and check out Zia Beer and say hi to Debbie on social media. And if you have an event that you're planning and you need some help, well, then you'd be in good hands with those guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please leave a review or rating for The Speaking Club on Apple Podcast. Well, that's it from me. Have a brilliant rest of the week. And don't forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. Snackable stories are short, powerful, engaging and very shareable. Because of all that, they are great to use in Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message, build your audience and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle for many online entrepreneurs, authors, experts and coaches. And that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. That's where my seven-day snackable story challenge comes in. Because over the course of just seven days, I'm going to give you resources and training that will not only build your skills and confidence, but will get you a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. And the best bit is that all of it is completely free. To find out more, including if you meet the criteria to participate, then go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.